calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hello, welcome to the IGN UK podcast. My name is Stuart Reed, and I have Christopher Tilly to the left of me. Hello. And I have Luke Carmali to the right of me. Hello. Hello, both of you lovely boys. How's your week been? Well, mine's been fine. I got back from holiday, and then I went to an event, and just been doing that, really. You look very tanned. Thank you, I yeah. am. Yeah. You, uh, I saw some of your photos on Facebook from your holiday. I know, right? Exciting times. Yeah, it looks very nice and hot yes. and sunny. I went to Gran Canaria, so it was very nice. And um, yeah, very nice time. Back, relaxed, recharged, ready to do things. What did you do over Easter, Stuart? I've been to Aberystwyth. Lovely. Yeah. Land of my fathers. Not quite Gran Canaria. Not quite. But you know, charming in its own way. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's okay. Uh, it was warm, it was pleasant. Yeah. A lot of people about... And I celebrated Record Store Day 2014 in Aberystwyth. What's Record Store Day 2014? It's it's for nerds like me that love vinyl records. Oh. And it's a day when all across the world, limited edition records are released and you have to queue up. And if you're lucky, you'll get your hands on some. So what, like old records that, that mm. were made or of new things? New or? things. New things and old things. A, a, a smorgasbord of different bits and pieces. For instance, there was a limited edition Paul Weller single. There were like 400 copies of that pressed. So people wow. were clamouring for that. But on the flip side, there was a, a seven-inch uh, repressing from Fleetwood Mac from 1971. Oh, wow. So it's all sorts of interesting stuff and in weird. Did you buy things. anything? Bought loads of stuff. Went down to if if you're familiar with Aberystwyth, and God knows why wouldn't you be? There's a, there's a shop there called Andy's Records, which yeah. is one of I think one of the finest uh, record emporium, uh, certainly in Mid Wales. Yes, if not I, I if not the rest of the country. Uh, and it was lovely. We uh, me and my darling partner Michelle, we we got down there just after seven o'clock in the morning on Saturday with some bacon sandwiches and a flask of coffee. Queued up, and you know we weren't even first in the queue. We were really? third in the queue. Wow. First bloke in front of us, he was after uh, the Paul Weller single. Uh-huh. And there was a young girl in front of us. Uh, she was no more than about 13, 14. She was queuing up because there was a, a One Direction limited edition picture disc well, being released. you say this, I remember reading a piece this weekend about the fact that some albums like Christina Aguilera's Back to Basic album on vinyl mm. sold so poorly, shocker, it now is worth something like 500 £500. Because yes. no one buys them. Because no one bought it. Because yeah. it's such a crap album. Well, there's that. So are you yeah. going to sell your your copy of it? Or are you going <laughs> to... Oh, no, it's collector's edition. I couldn't <laughs> possibly. No, it's on my wall. So, yeah, we bought some interesting stuff. And it was uh, great. Met some really nice people down there. And it was it was a really wonderful time. A splendid time was, was guaranteed for all. Very good. Yeah. So that was my that was my Easter. What about you, Chris? Nothing. I went, well, I went to Exmouth. Yeah. Very pleasant. Nothing funny. Nothing What were you doing interest. down there? Uh, delivering a dog. As in, like, kind of like, you know, giving birth to a dog or as in a kind of... <laughs> or as in, like, just taking it somewhere. A dog midwife. A dog Chris midwife. New, yeah. new dog retreat. midwifery. And taking my girlfriend's dog to her parents' house. Ah, what? To stay for three weeks because it can't stay in her house because it's getting scared of the drilling next door. Now, which part of this story intrigues you most? Because I know which part <laughs> intrigues me most. I couldn't possibly comment. 
Chris Tilly's girlfriend. <laughs> Let's not talk about that on the podcast. That's not podcast material. That did, that, 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 that did make me think. Yeah. Well, well, we've got something to discuss over quiet? lunch. Very good. All, All right, right then. Yeah, nice dog. Hey. Oh, oh, Jasper. Jasper's the dog that oh, we took okay. down. Good. Oh, no. Odd name for she doesn't listen to this. <laughs> Dig yourself out of that one. Yeah. Uh, lots to come on this week's podcast. I'm saying that. There isn't really. There isn't really that much. We've we lashed are. this together in, in just it's, a few minutes. It's not our fault. It's been a quiet week. There's mm. sod all happening in the world. Because this is obviously the main Easter week for a lot of people going on holiday, which yeah. is where Alex and Cooper are. Yes. If you're wondering where their dulcet tones are, they're both away. I think Alex is celebrating his daughter's fourth birthday. And also going glamping near Oxford. And he oh. hates the word glamping. So. I hate the word glamping as well. As mm. somebody that is a committed camper. Yeah. No, he's a committed glamper. He how told have, me how long have you been camp? <laughs> <laughs> well, how long would you say, Luke? <laughs> well, since that podcast. Um, but yeah, no, he said he told me very proudly that his tent has a toilet inside. Well, that's not a tent. Well, but I'm assuming most do. Just obviously, this one possibly has plumbing. Just go in the corner, otherwise. Or it's like, yeah, a hole in the ground with some leaves. There you go. And isn't Dan in Vegas? He is. Yeah. He is. Yeah. Him and the delightful Bex May from mm-hmm. Ask Men have gone to Vegas. I should text him my my uh, my numbers for. Vegas that got, always come in you've got connections your connections no I just know three numbers that always come in what in like roulette things yeah. and stuff <laughs> what are they uh, I don't know if I should give them out on air again like these right. are my secret numbers okay. do they always do really well yeah wow <laughs> ridiculous yeah. I'm excited 8, 10, 23 <laughs> moving on 10, 23 alright uh, let's crack on with some uh, news Luke you got first bit I do yes so um, earlier this week I went to see a next gen RPG called Lords of the Fallen from um, it's a guy who worked on the first two Witcher games and so it's Resolution Gate again we know how much we love those stories oh. So, barely, barely an hour goes by. Pretty much. So anyway, I spoke to um, the executive producer called Tomasz Gope. So he's Polish. Um, Either that or he fell asleep on his keyboard. That possibly happened. Yeah. And um, he said, we, won't, we definitely won't be below 30 frames per second, but if we have to choose between resolution or frame rate, we'd probably go full HD 1080p and have a stable rock solid 30 frames per second rather than try to lower the resolution and push it to 6 feet for a 60 frames per second because we believe the game looks pretty good so we'd rather have a decent resolution to show it off does that hold together for you yeah i guess it does and then the next thing he said we're working very hard right now to deliver ps4 and xbox one in 1080p but i can't confirm whether it's possible it's probably easier for me to confirm it'll happen on ps4 because it appears on this one we're almost nailing it and are pretty much there for xbox one though it's slightly tougher and we're still working on it so i can't confirm that yet oh dear yes it seems to be a recurring theme, but I'm kind of wondering if maybe it's to do with just... I think it's probably just getting used to it. Like, if you remember the PS3, start of last gen, everyone struggled. And then once they understood how powerful and how to use it, the, the core processor was, it became a lot easier. Mm. I don't really know enough about technology. So. Well, I thought it was all to do with the way the memory is divided up on these machines. Yeah, isn't it unified in the PS4 and it's split in yes. the Xbox so One? So you can grab as much as you want from the PS4 and use that for your lovely sexy graphics. And it's a lot trickier to do that with the Xbox One. And I think the point people are making is that when you have limited develop- development time and you're doing, you know, multi-plat versions, why would you spend... The- you can't afford to spend the extra time polishing the Xbox One. You just have to do the best you can yeah. as opposed to games that are exclusive to the platform and also I think it's easier to port from something else he said was it's easier to port from PC almost a direct port to PS4 whether you ha- whereas you have to kind of have a bit of a fiddle with the memory on the Xbox One. Oh yeah yes but um, I'm assuming it's one of these things that over the course of this generation will balance itself but do you think it's right that you know they seem to be putting resolution above frame rate does that make sense oh it's so tricky i think a lot depends on the ga- on the type of game you're playing mm. you, you know when you when you consider chris that we're still watching films at 24 frames a second unless you're watching the hobbit in unless, high frame rate oh yes Exciting. but i sometimes wonder if there'd almost be a, a call for certain types of games to be slowed down to 24 frames a second to give you a more filmic look rather mm-hmm. than anything else mm. rather than trying to get extra frames a second. like heavy rain or something like something that. something akin to that yeah mm. you could you could maybe see that happening going completely off topic for a second because would talk about films um, I watched Gravity uh, did you watch Gravity at home at home yeah did you watch it on what size was your TV 55 inch 55 inch did you watch it in 3D no then any comment you have to make is therefore null and void well this is exactly the point I was going to make because you remember Alex was say, has always said oh yeah I'm going to watch it when it comes out at home yeah yeah. Um, yeah I can see that it's a very beautiful film but it's a film that's made to be experienced in, I think, three. well, IMAX ideally, but 3, 3D. Because, yeah. Jesus Christ, the story, by the end of it, I was just like, 
I love Sandra Bullock as much as the next human being, but like, stop delivering tearful monologues. Bear, bear in mind, I am actually the next human being. Oh, do you, you don't care for Sandra Bullock? No, 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 but if you love Sandra Bullock as much as the next human being, I am the next human being, therefore you love her as much as you love me. Right, okay. That makes sense. It does, and yeah. I would say that's probably an accurate comment. Speed was on the telly last night, talking to Sandra Bullock. You what, you mean uh, you did a line off your, off yeah, your set? Yes, <laughs> very difficult. They're so thin <laughs> yeah, these days. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, but I, I, it's one of those films, Chris. I found myself just, just you flick over, you start mm. watching it, and you, you just, that's it. You're stuck for the whole night, yeah. and you've got to finish watching it. I love yeah. movies like that. No matter yeah. whereabouts you start watching yeah. them, you, you're just going to be nailed onto I'm it. I'm like that with The Human Centipede. You just can't. It's going to be nailed onto it. I didn't click on it, but someone I thought I saw an article today. Someone popped up on Facebook. I think there's a guy in America trying to collect every video copy of Speed in the world. What? Yeah. What VHS? Yeah. What? Just to own a wall of Speed. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. I need to look into this. I might have made that up. Well, I just thought, oh, if that not, looks somebody get on, on that. I was going to say, if, you haven't, if he hasn't started doing it, maybe we should start doing it. That's, that could be our thing. <laughs> that could be our thing. We're we'll always looking be, for a thing. Well, can't we pick another speed? film if yeah. that's his thing? Well, what, 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 what can we do? What film would be really good to have every single VHS copy? Wild Wild West. Ha! Just to take them out of circulation Brilliant. as much as anything. Yeah, Why not? <laughs> Why not? We could maybe get the laser disc as well. <laughs> what about Memphis Bell? Yeah, that would be good. There, there can only be about eight copies of that left in circulation. <laughs> do you even? Do you know what Memphis Bell? I haven't is? got a clue. Just laughing to feel part of something. <laughs> I often I've, do. I've got a friend who always says that's his favourite film when no. that conversation comes. It's not his favourite film. He just thinks it's such a weird choice. <laughs> just <laughs> a conversation <laughs> starter. <laughs> it wouldn't be anybody's favourite film. No, and that's why he picks it. God. Well, it's all right. Harry Connick Jr., Matthew Modine. Oh, I... Anyway, sorry, we, we got way off topic there. Yeah, so that's we? my fault. So yes, anyway, 1080p... It was more interesting what we've just said than, than Luke's story. Yes. Yeah, and yes. so I'm glad so. I went to that event and managed to get that original news story. It doesn't at all feel like a waste of my time now. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> what else you got? Uh, movie news from you, Chris. Yeah, Fox have picked up the rights to Flash Gordon. Uh-huh. That's pretty much the story. Um, uh, they, they, they've got a couple of writers on board, J.D. Payne and Patrick McKay. But I don't know how good they are because they're writing the upcoming Star Trek 3. Oh. Um, so they obviously know their sci-fi yeah. or someone thinks they know their sci-fi. But yeah, do we need a new Flash Gordon? Aren't, is, aren't we having a TV series with Flash Gordon? Not that I know of. There was one about 10 years ago. Was there? I swear someone, a guy called Grant Gustin from who was in Glee oh, no. has been cast Do you as, know what's happened here? Oh. You've got the Flash confused with Flash Gordon. Oh, are they different things? Yeah. Oh, That's no. embarrassing, isn't it? It is, yeah. That's a sackable offence. Well, not really, because I don't... I mean, comics aren't really my thing. I write about games. So, The Flash is... Tell me about to resolutions. I know about resolutions. <laughs> the Flash is a guy who runs really fast. Yes, because I played Injustice, and he was in Injustice. Mm-hmm. And For- Flash Gordon is, like, kind of... Indiana Jones in space kind of thing. Yeah. Am I right in thinking that Brian Blessed once was involved in yes. some way? Yes, he was. Okay, yes. so yes. Yeah. No, now I know what we're talking in about. In the 1980s version of Flash But this is the thing, so it's before my time, right? God, f- 1980s is before his yeah, time. Yeah, before your time. Well, yeah, I'm 89, so... Oh, You're 89? Were... You yeah. look awfully well on it. <laughs> Thank you. So you should, you should watch Flash Gordon. It's a terrifically strange and brilliant film. Yeah. And I think it's... It's quite homoerotic. I'm fairly sure. Yeah. And didn't the actor from that appear in in uh, our TED or something? Yes. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. Did, yeah. Okay, Sam no, Jones. Now, now Sam I'm... Jones. He's appeared in nothing else, has he? No, he, didn't he, it ruin he was his American career? footballer, wasn't he? He was. Yeah. He was. Uh, he's done, no, he's done about 100 uh, straight to DVD movies. Has he? He's a B movie actor. I've got lots of Flash Gordon stories. <laughs> this is all inter- back to I interviewed them all. Uh, Sam Jones sadly destroyed his career pretty much on Flash Gordon. He was supposed to be the next big thing. Mark Hamill. He was cast <laughs> in the movie straight from kind of his football days yeah. and then uh, three quarters of the way through the shoot his agent told him to demand more money or threaten to leave and so he did and Dina De Laurentiis the producer said uh, thanks for your time goodbye and so if you watch the film there's quite a few scenes where this is back to camera and it's someone else wow um, oh my God. I, I did a phone interview with him and I didn't recognise his voice and he said he said I bet you're wondering why my voice is different I was like yeah he goes yeah they dubbed my voice for the whole film he's got a really deep voice in real life and the, the character in the movie doesn't and yeah he just said I took bad advice I got greedy and it you know I was kind of blacklisted for years in Hollywood that's so sad Mm. but you know he was really sad down the line to me and it was like 25 years on this was well, if it's ruined his career and all he sees is are the, are the opportunities that never were, yeah. you are going to be pretty pissed And about especially that. when, you know, it's just your likeness in this thing, but they didn't mm. even use your voice. Yeah. Like, right. 
Wow. Not his hair, he's got dark dark hair in real life. Oh, God. But, but um, yeah, I, I, I think there's room for a new Flash Gordon. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't see why not. And while they're at it, I would actually quite like a new Hawk the Slayer. Mm-hmm. Because I think that's a film that could do do with having slightly more money thrown at it. Yeah. Uh, have you ever watched Hawk the Slayer? Not since I was a kid. Is that anything yeah. to do with Kez? The brilliant. No. I see what you did there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Well, some of the special effects in Hawk the Slayer are quite remarkable. There's a, there's a lot of silly string used in it. I seem to remember. Right. Yeah. W- w- which is kind of this this you know what silly string is, right? It's I know can, what silly string yeah, is. Yeah. yeah. I know. I, but well, I don't know what the in this the movie Slayer in this Hawk the Slayer thing. It's kind of used to bind people and to make sure they can't move. And you're sat there, and it's quite clearly luminous silly string. So it doesn't really work. But Hawk the Slayer is a funny old movie. It's Jack Palance is in it, and and yeah. all sorts of strange people from the 70s and 80s. And I can't even really think what the story is about now. It's kind of Conan-ish, isn't it? I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> I wish I'd thought this through a bit more before I mentioned Hawk the Slayer. Speaking Stop. of birds, isn't the raven meant to be... Re- isn't the raven a thing that was meant to happen with Luke Evans? The crow. The crow. <laughs> <laughs> that was so, wow. Seriously, Luke, you can't be on this podcast anymore <laughs> if you're going to keep doing things like this. Can I claim that that was deliberate? Okay, that was deliberate. <laughs> but it was another... Yeah, they're remaking The Crow with, with Luke Evans. Yeah. Who uh, came of us the other day. Yeah, of Hobbit fame. Mm. But yeah, that's entirely unconnected as well. So... <laughs> well done. Let's move on to the next Great. bit of news. Where okay. will we go from this one? Well, it's about Netflix. So if you want to watch Hawk the Slayer or Flash Gordon, you might watch it on Netflix. Tenuous link. Yeah. They are going to up the price of their streaming service by between $1 and $2 next month. Uh, that is going to happen within the next kind of few weeks and that's going to be for people that are new to the service and only in the US at the moment they did this in Ireland Mm -hmm. uh, where it didn't really seem to affect things too much not many people suddenly said hang on I'm not paying extra for this they've Mm. they've kept with it Uh, however if you think that you're going to get away with not having to pay any more the letter that they sent out to investors said existing members will stay at current pricing for a generous time period yeah yeah. So it'll hit you all at some stage. At some stage, yeah. But you know what? I mean, what, what do we pay over here for Netflix? Is it six ninety nine a month? Something like that, yeah. That's ridiculously cheap for what you get. Yeah, until you travel to America and see how much they get and realise, actually, we're being ripped off a bit. There's, I, I, I went through all the horror the other day and I'd seen almost all of them. And then I go to America and there's, you know, five, six times the amount of horror on there. Right. And it's like, ah... Mm. I want that library, not this library. Yeah. I guess that's a rights issue, is it? They, because obviously, when when a movie is is made, you normally what happens is it, one company will own, will own the rights to show it in the US and yeah. America and places like that, and another country will get European rights, mm. and maybe another another yeah. company will get rights and, to show it. And they were ahead. quite late to the party over here, weren't they? So I yeah. wonder if if Love Film have snapped up a lot of. You mean Amazon Prime? Amazon Prime, sorry, mm. the exclusivity on a lot of these titles initially. I don't know. I'm just speculating, but because there's a lot of crossover between what was Love Film and, and what is Netflix. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've noticed that, but like they both seem to fe- feature all the Disney cartoons and right. stuff like that. Uh, I, I mean, I'm quite happy with Netflix over here. Yeah. I like. I also like the original programming they're doing. I mean, the House of Cards was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I, for me, I think it's worth it for the original programming. But I don't know. We, we have actually been chatting about cancelling our Netflix subscription. Really? Just because there's not... I mean, we quite like comedy, so there's some stand-ups we watch, but mm. they don't really refresh it there that often, and mm. it's always quite old and obscure comedians. Not to say that that's bad, because you do find quite a few gems that way, but I don't know. The TV series as well on there, nothing that really kind of grabs me. Yeah. Well, nothing that I haven't seen, like right. you know, because a, lo- a lot of it I-, I kind of saw when I was younger. Sure. So I, I don't know, really. And I completely agree. When you look at the US library, you're just we made the mistake of looking up online just to see what they've got and there's so much good stuff on the US one mm. that we don't get in, in Europe well there are ways of getting the US oh, yeah. in Europe if you if you can be bothered mucking about with it and also if yeah. you can be bothered to create a an American uh, PlayStation Network account I believe right. you can also then use well it doesn't that. have to be on your PlayStation does it no if you've got one of them there smart TVs yes or um, Apple TV or yeah. other devices are probably yeah, I might have to do that I mean Thanks. I'm just using it for TV really mm. yeah that's uh, I don't watch many films. It's just obs- the odd obscure horror film that I haven't seen from the eighties that I want to see. Sure, but it's mainly catching up on a lot of the TV. Well, we've realised now at home we we virtually never watch live television anymore. No, no. everything is either is either pre recorded from Sky Plus or we watch no, something. The, the on The only Netflix. thing to watch live mm. is something that is live. 
so sport or or you know election results yeah it's trial you know, result. the, the news it's there's not much I, i'm not watching anything that isn't mm. happening live no no. But what's funny is you, you probably would end up watching, if it's a big thing, like Game of Thrones, for instance, you want to try and watch that the, the night it's released. Yeah. It's, because otherwise spoilers, you, there's, right? that, there's the whole water cooler thing and, mm. and you are going to find that there's spoilers. But again, we, we watch it and, you know, we just kind of switch off Twitter and what have you, but we delay it half an hour anyway so we can just whiz through the breaks. So you've got Netflix, but you've also got Sky, right? I've got Netflix and I have Sky Plus, so yes, I can record. Yeah. Um and other than that, I also obviously have PlayStation, so all the iPlayer stuff. Because I mean, yeah. I guess that links into um, BBC Three potentially only going, you know, going sure. digital. Yeah. Um, so yeah, stuff like that. Well, we're the same. We we were uh, we we've got like, just a TV feed, and we had Netflix for for quite a while. And we still got Netflix, but because of the return of Game of Thrones and because of uh, Mad Men starting again as well, I actually thought, you know what, I'm going to get Sky put back in, and we we got a good deal on on getting Sky. So we so once again, we're like you, I think <clears throat> Netflix, Sky Plus, and and iPlayer. Yeah. What about you, yeah, Chris? Yeah, I, I'm I'm those three as well. Yeah. I've only ever I think bought a film on iTunes once, just and to that, test it. That was to impress a girl I was dating. Yeah. Really? She'd produced the film. Very good. Right. So I thought I'd show like goodwilling by saying oh, yeah. I downloaded the film, and she unbroke up with me. Right. Um, <laughs> she was, it was that bad film, eh? Yeah. Like, wow. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I'm Sky Plus. Mm. Yeah, Sky. I'm using for obviously I watch all my sport on there. But also, yeah, Mad Men and so you're you're spending the thick end for Sky then. If you're, yeah, if probably you're too much. Like I should drop the TV channels. I think we're. But then when you've got much. the sport and the other stuff, it, the, the way they the way they know, do it, it's well, not the, worth your while mm, dropping anything. No, else because, may as well keep the well, film. Yeah. The thing is, we don't have the movie channels. We're still getting charged a lot, but we also have them, them doing broadband and stuff like that. Sure. But um, we don't have the movie channels, and actually, I think the movie channels are something that are quite worthwhile because they do seem to get come out quite. Reason, like you know, reasonably quickly after yeah, the within release. twelve or eighteen months, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. So I, I, the movie channels are the one thing that I miss. I mean, you know, to be honest with Sky, it's mainly as you say, Game of Thrones, and also I just have Sky News on in the morning when I'm getting ready for yeah. work, and in the evening when I come home and cooking dinner, just because like keep up with the events of the world. I've, I've dipped my toe. What's good about Sky, I think, is the catch-up service on it. It is really good. So yeah. uh, as, a, as a result of that, we've watched all of Modern Family, which I think is a really good comedy. Mm. Um, yeah. We've dipped our toes into Hannibal, which I'm three episodes in and I'm still unsure about it. Mm. I don't know if you've seen any of it. No. No? Not your, not your cup of tea? Um, I, I debated watching it, but I can't remember why I decided not. I think well, I had no, quite a lot on. It's scary and violent. You don't like scary and violent. I think that might have been it. Yeah, I got. I remember, like, I think I was going to watch it, and then I realised exactly what it was about, and I was like, "It's pretty gruesome, not for me." And girls, I've been watching as well. I want to watch Lena girls. Dunham's girls. I think is remarkably good. Yeah, uh, almost too too uh, close to the bone and too truthful. Yeah, it is quite difficult to watch sometimes. Quite painful. Real life. Yeah. Yeah. What about um this Amazon Love Film then? So Love Film is now Amazon Prime. Mm. Yes. Anyone using that? What would be the point of using that service well they have catch up they, they have box sets on there that aren't available on Netflix right and I'm yeah. assuming they've got stuff on there that's not available on Sky mm. either so that's that would be the point of that but the thing is you could end up if you you know you've got Netflix and you've got Amazon Prime you're looking at spending 20 odd quid a month aren't you mm. just to get those two services because mm. like, so I you know I'm also a subscriber to Spotify as well for a tenner a month yeah me too but hang on and that's 10 pounds a month for music mm. but you're getting all this TV through Netflix for six quid a month. Mm-hmm. I don't subscribe to to Spotify. I Do just not. no. I you put I, up with I the adverts. yeah. I put up with the adverts, or other than that, um, I just make YouTube playlists. That's how the kids do it. Wow, I didn't yeah. know that was a thing. How the kids? Do well, it, no, right? I just make YouTube playlists. So then, when I'm at work, you know, crack open my browser and just hit play, and just don't have to think about it. Wow. I know. I miss the days when there were four channels. I bet you missed the days when there were three. I remember. I distinctly remember Channel 4 launching, getting very excited about the launch of a fourth television channel. I read Jennifer Saunders' autobiography on holiday, and she talked about the fact that, you know, the comedy strip made a... Made them they did. played on launch. The comic did strip, not the comedy strip. The comic strip. Luke. I'm just on fire today. I'm still in holiday mode. <laughs> yeah, that would have been five go mad in Dorset, wouldn't it? The yeah. early comic yeah. strip episodes. Yeah. yeah, which were absolutely terrific. And, and rookie. Yeah. Good old Sheila and Bobby Grant. Yeah, I don't really remember the, open, the the first night. What year was it? it was 82. Just 82. 82. Yeah, I was, 1982. I was four. I was 12. Mm. I was not born. You were not <laughs> I was brilliant. not here. 
All right, so that's the news. Uh, let us know what you think about 1080p versus 720p. Do we actually want people to write in about what they think the difference is? I think we've done it to death, yeah. really. Like, you yeah. know. But see if you want games brought out at 24 frames a second. That'll be interesting. Be, let us know about that. And also what you think about, obviously, Netflix and stuff. Yeah. There's other ones. There's like, you know, Blinkbox, Now TV. And I can't remember which one it was, the one that Tesco does. Blinkbox. Um, didn't they get Game of Thrones season three? A lot earlier than everything else. Is and it? Yeah, because I remember loads of adverts in the tubes then being like, you want to watch Game of Thrones season three? And why isn't Hulu here? Yeah, I don't get yeah. that. Because we also get a lot of when our US counterparts write stories and embed Hulu videos. Mm. And you're just like, thanks. Yeah. You know, and but that's annoying on YouTube as well. Mm. And MTV this, do this it as well. This video has been blocked in your country on copyright grounds. Yeah. Come on. Got to sort this out. I know. We just want to be one big melting pot. We do. Mm. Yeah. Sexy, sexy melting pot. Let us know what you think about the new Flash Gordon movie being made as well, and if there's any of those uh, cool but slightly crappy sci-fi movies from the 1980s that you think could do with a reboot. The uh, email address is IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com. Catchy. We will move on to this week's FU, and the first bit is from Chris McFarlane, who says, Stop spoiling TV shows. I haven't seen the last scenes of Breaking Bad. Place a warning from now on for spoilers. Fuck's sake, he says. Fuck's sake. Who did Who that? Who didn't do that? I don't know. It must have been last week or possibly the week before. So Chris and anybody else we that, good at that. that wants to be spoiler-free, I would skip forward the podcast now for probably the next <clears throat> 10 minutes or so. Really? Yes. Because oh. almost all of this week's reader feedback is about shocking moments in television that we covered last week mm. and other people's shocking moments. So, with that in mind... Uh, I would say, yeah, give it 10 minutes and then rejoin us 10 minutes along in the yeah. podcast. Yeah, I mean, I'll also, we'll say the show as well beforehand. Okay. Yeah, let's do so, that. Because okay. otherwise everyone will be scrolling through because they yeah. don't know what TV shows we're going to spoil. That's a good point, yeah. yeah. So we you've, will be you've saying... You've cut out our entire listener. <laughs> That's all right, because we can call them all massive dickheads now and nobody will be listening. <laughs> How dare you? I do not endorse that statement. Okay. So here we are, Thomas Brunt. So this is spoilery for Battlestar Galactica, mm. uh, the Ron Moore's one. Uh, I see, was, I started watching, I've watched some of this, and I haven't gotten too far through it. I want to go back one day. So you're going to spoil stuff for me now. Do you want to put your hands in your ears? It is full of... Nah, it's fine. I'll, okay. I'll deal with it. So the season one finale, um, he says... Boom, Actually, yeah, I'm going to... Okay, okay, he says, Boomer in the CIC pulls a gun on Commander Adama and puts two bullets in his chest. Did not see that coming at all. Right. And then the other one, also Duala committing suicide in a later season, completely out of the blue. So sorry if I said those names wrong. Uh, Tilly still got his fingers in his I ear. Could, no, I could kind of hear that, which is annoying. Um, yeah, Battlestar Galactica is kind of well known for some of the twists and turns that happen in that. And, mm. and uh, Well, one of the ones that got me um, was um, Buffy. Did anyone watch Buffy? Uh, no, yeah. but I kind of feel I ought to go back and watch it. For well, some it's reason. really good. So Joss Whedon has said this for has said this for years. Joss Whedon being the twisted individual that he is, he wanted to basically have someone debut in the credits in the episode that they died. So there'd be a, you know recurring guest star or like main cast, but not actually make it in the opening credits. And then the first time they change the credits and introduce them, you're and you're like, wow, they finally made it. And at the end of that episode, boom, dead. <laughs> That's funny. And um, so so he he did that in an episode of Buffy. And so potential spoiler here, um, it's um Willow's girlfriend Tara. She's like she you know she's been in this show for <laughs> I think two seasons now, and this is like towards the end of the sixth season, and. You put in the credits and you're, they're like, oh, wow, she's really made it. Great. Awesome. And then, yeah, and at the very end, she gets a bullet through her chest and just dies in Willow's arms. And you're just like, wow. what just happened? Like, it was, it's insane. Funny. So, yeah, that is, that, that's how you really make it doubly shocking. <laughs> and also, what funny. a twisted individual is Joss Whedon? Is Buffy good then? Is it worth, is it, is it I worth really, watching? I really like it. It's, it's very, very good up to the end of... The end of season five really was where it was meant to end, I think. And they basically got picked up again. And so they... Did a couple of Deus Ex Machina things that they probably shouldn't have done. Brought it back, and um, the sixth and seventh seasons get a little bit, go a little bit silly. But um, and it's continuing now in comic book form, which well, is again. I got burnt by Buffy because I went to see the movie. Oh dear! Ah. Uh, which is one of Joss Whedon's first things, I think. And yeah, well, because he was a script editor, right? So he edited Toy Story and stuff like that. Yeah, and I went to see it because it sounded like a cool, fun premise. It had a stupid, fun title, uh -huh. and it had it was like a really interesting cast. It was cast. It was Luke Perry, and I used to watch Beverly Hills 90210. This was supposed to launch his film career. Uh, Rutger Hauer and Paul Rubens, who's Pee Wee Herman, mm. and this hot chick in the league, Christy mm. Swanson. 
And I thought, oh, this sounds like a really fun film. And then it was bloody awful. Yeah. So I didn't watch the TV series for quite a while, even though people were telling me it's good. It's very good. Yeah. I think it's probably worth seeing if you haven't, because it's like Friends, you know, whether you like it or you hate it, there's... Yeah. It's had a big influence on popular culture and the way right. people speak and things like that. It's it's another one of those big culture drivers, I think. Cool. I've got an email from David Binmore who says, uh, in reference to something we talked about a couple of weeks ago, uh, my first complete sticker book was the 1990 Teenage Mutant Hero Turtle book. Sorry, mm. I nearly said Ninja. Yeah. Uh, but also completed the TMNT coin collection. Cool. So that's pretty awesome. My, uh, I've just started my daughter off on her first Panini sticker Ooh. collection this week as well. Yeah, Brazil, well, Brazil. <laughs> yeah, yeah, coming up. Absolutely. Disney, Disney Junior. There's a uh, Panini sticker collection for Disney Junior. I think so, Power uh, Rangers was mine. Right. Yeah. The Dream. Still got it? Probably somewhere. Are you? But it's like when you're hunting that last bloody sticker and you're just kind of constantly get, buying all these packs, it's like double, 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 double. Did you? I mean, I, I whenever on the rare occasions I did these sticker packs, um, I, I only ever used to buy about three packs and kind of gave up after that. So I'd have like one sticker on a page. No, ones. like whenever my mum kind of went shopping or what have you, like yeah. you know, there'd be one pack or like something like that, or like you know, done well at school, you get another pack and it's like oh, exciting. But now I kind of get that buzz from Hearthstone, which is a bit loser. Bloody hell. Uh, David hasn't <laughs> finished. He says, um, I also found Breaking Bad, Walking Dead and Game of Thrones some of the most memorable and shocking TV thinking back. But when I thought about TV as a kid, uh, the only moment that sticks out was the final scene in Blackadder Goes Forth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very, very moving. Very sad. And you've obviously seen the story behind that when they, mm. they, you know, they shot it originally and it was just awful they hated it they left terrible. it really yeah it looked yeah. terrible and then they obviously slapped it they slowed it down and added all these things and the poppies yeah and yeah good oh, that was a terrific ending look at me it. telling you about old TV yeah like, it's like, never going to happen again no maybe that's a subject for a future discussion is uh, best TV endings mm. yeah good idea Buffy would not make that list so Martin then said Martin Marty Kings Ooh, Marty Kings says um on the question of the most memorable and shocking TV, pound for pound, Game of Thrones has the most right from the first episode. So massive Game of Thrones spoilers coming up. Yeah. So the first episode, when Jamie Lannister pushes Bran Stark out of the castle tower window after getting caught shagging Cersei, who is his sister. Um, that's a big one. Yeah. And then um, obviously the other one he mentions is the Red Wedding. Which I haven't seen yet. So I'm not going to... Okay. I'm not going to... Everyone knows the Red Wedding. The red yeah, wedding. so we'll just describe it. I managed to keep the Red Wedding and what happened in it from my flatmate for a year. That's impressive. Well, I, to be honest, and I'm on all the social network and I work here, mm. I don't know what happens in it. I just know it's big and bloody. Well, do you remember the Metro? Of, the Metro, right? The day after yeah. posted that thing. Um, also, we got a very naughty email from a PR... Mm. This um, was it last week, so yes. I don't. Did so, we mention this on the podcast? I think we did. Yeah, I think we might have talked oh, about okay, it. Okay, right. Yeah, something to do with the purple wedding, which is That's right. yeah. George R. R. Martin, not the best wedding planner there is. Not really. No, I, do, I wonder if he just sits there and he just thinks, "Who can I piss off by killing off this week?" You know. There, but there's so, there's so many more coming as well, which is awful. Like, it's, don't you know when you play the Game of Thrones, you die or you die. It's like that's that's pretty much it. So anyway, um, I've got an email from John Mallinson. Uh, this features um, kind of a Spooks spoiler. So if you're a big Spooks fan, I was through to get, the next thirty seconds. Kind of always wanted to get into Spooks and never did. Although he's kept it vague, which is how I like to do yeah. my, my spoilers. He says, um, "One of the most shocking moments I can remember from a TV series came from an early series of the BBC Spooks. In the scene, a central female character meets her demise when a burly man in rubber gloves deep fries her hand and then her head." I remember that. Yes. I did see, it I watched it with my dad. And absolutely my dad was, shocking. John adds proper grim. Yeah. yeah. It was really horrific. I remember that. And my dad was like, yeah, you, you, you go to bed now. <laughs> I was like, what now? After yeah. it's happened? Yeah. Oh, great. Thanks, yeah. dad. Yeah. Uh, it was this last week. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Simon Baldwin's written in. Uh, his uh, most shocking stroke memorable moment is in Dexter season four stroke five. I can't remember which season it is. I think it was season four. When Dexter comes home from mm. one of his kills and realises that Rita came back from their honeymoon to pick something up. And he goes into the bathroom and finds a mm. shocking discovery. Mm. Spoiler uh, alert. Simon Baldwin actually says, I suddenly started crying out of the blue because he felt so bad for Dexter. And he goes on to ask, have you ever watched a TV show series and one of the characters have died and because you're so connected to the individual, it's made you cry? What, when a character died in a TV show? Yeah. Another spoiler. Um, we'll say what the show is. Yeah, Buffy. Okay. Um, so, spoiler for Buffy. Um, I, when Tara died, who was the one who put the credits, I think I cried. I also cried when Buffy died. 
Um, Hang on, what? That's well, quite the, a spoiler, isn't it? Well, there you go. At the end of season five. Um, oh, I see. Right. Okay. Hence, where that was the natural, well, the nat- end, natural point, end point, and yeah. they then had to pull a lot of strings to kind of bring her back. Um, and um, yeah, I think that's probably actually it for me. Okay. Um, I, I find since being a dad, though, I cry at everything. Yeah. I, well, it's, yeah. I find it easy to cry at stuff now mm. all the time. I cry at finding Nemo when he's there's that bit where they're all going to go get his dad and stuff well he's going to find the son and they pass the message along like his yeah. dad's come to get him quite that bit quite a lot of things Helen Daniels death who's that Neighbours Neighbours good one yeah <laughs> sorry it's fine um, I got sad when oh it's a soprano spoilers do it spoiler and it's weird but I got sad when Christopher died hmm and Tony killed Christopher and Christopher's missus yeah. even though these, these were horrible people mm. I still got sad I actually I got attached to them I think the Red Wedding we've talked about it a lot yeah. but I, I you know I'd I'd read the books I knew what was coming and when we finally got around to watching it I was like right here we go and I literally felt sick at the end of it because there's a few changes in the books certain mm. people die who don't die in the books and um and I, I felt quite nauseous, and I couldn't really sleep afterwards. Oh. It was, it was uh. that shocking, wasn't it? It was really horrific. It was very I horrific. Think, oh, I need to watch this. Things that make me, made me sad, uh, I think the end of uh, Ashes to Ashes, actually, the, the very last episode of Ashes to Ashes, because mm. I'd followed these characters from Life on Mars and all the way through Ashes to Ashes. Mm. And Ashes to Ashes, it, I don't think it started off a, a particularly strongly, but mm. as the, the, I think it was three seasons altogether, and the last two seasons were much, much better than the first season. And it was really sad when all these characters kind of finally said their goodbyes and you know there's no way they're coming back. Mm. So, yeah, that would be one for me. One more, the last one for me, is um, in, in Buffy again. <laughs> wow. There's an, episode, there's an episode again, I think it's in season five, uh, called The Body, which is um, about she comes home, and again, spoiler, and um, her mother's died. And she died of a brain tumour. And she's just, she's just dead on the, on the sofa. Um, and it's, it's an astonishing episode. It's like, it's, I think it's one of the best. And the first opening shot is 10 minutes long, all shot in one take with Sarah Michelle Gellar just kind of throwing up, trying to deal with it, trying to do CPR. And it's just, it was very, it's very, very, like, it's got a very big I'm going to go watch Buffy, because it sounds like it could be. Uh, we're not going to need to by this podcast, because well, Luke will have actually described every episode. It's amazing. Yeah. It's my favourite show. So uh, really, you don't say. One last thing from Simon Baldwin. He wants to know, have you ever been to Leeds in Yorkshire? Uh, where my flatmate's from. Yes. Have you, though? That's, see, no. You're not answering the question, Luke. No, I'm doing a Pistorius. Um, oh! Uh, you're not answering my question. Today is the strangest day. You just can't accept responsibility for anything, can you? Oh. So, yeah. Luke. Been having a lovely uh, time. Um, yeah, I've been to Leeds. I went to Union York. Oh. Went to Leeds. Went to Planet Earth, the nightclub, right. I believe, that had a like moving, spinning dance floor. Did it? Yeah, yeah. Roller disco heaven? They were a thing. Really? Back in the 90s. Vaguely you go, go to cities and they'd have nightclubs that, where the middle of the dance floor would spin round. That's oh, quite exciting. Sorry. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, okay, I have an email. Yeah. Um, who is it from? Aidan Doran. It says, hello, IGN team. I would like to know if you've ever enjoyed a TV series, but not the ending of it. Hmm, it's kind of what we were going to say we would talk about in another podcast. Yeah, it is really. Um, I watched the end of Breaking Bad quite recently and felt that it was lacklustre. I accept that Walt had to die, but the way... Oh, sp- uh, Breaking Bad spoiler alert. <laughs> 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 but the way he left Jesse was not good fan service. The whole series shows us the development of Walt and Jesse's relationship. The last episode makes you feel they were enemies all along as Jesse tries to make himself kill Walt in the end. Uh, Dexter. I've heard boy, that. Boy, oh boy, does, a, does that TV show tail off. I've still, never, I've still never watched the final season. I've gone all that way and I, I just can't be really bothered. I've bothered heard that about no, no, I can't be asked with it. It should have ended with the Lithgow season. Definitely. It would have been a brilliant place to end it. Yeah. And they could have maybe brought it back a few years later because mm-hmm. it would have still been relatively fresh. But no, they just really, really, really trampled that into the ground. Bit of a weird one, this one. But Scrubs, like, you know, they kind of tried to keep it going oh, a, year, a couple people, of years after yeah. kind of hand on the, the baton. And um, no, should have gone out when um, Zach Braff went out. Right. Yeah. That's a bit of a weird one, but I mean, have any actually got it right? Are there any you're happy with on the flip side of that? I quite like Friends. I have to say, like, I mean, I know you hate Friends, right? Yeah, yeah. But I think the way Friends went out was quite good. Well, Blackadder was a good example. Blackadder. Um, 
I can't think of the top of my head. There's loads mm. I didn't like and loads I did like. Right. I feel like I've been put on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> I, I disagree. I, I like the end of Breaking Bad. And funny enough, I watched it again two days ago because my flatmate watched it all mm. the last couple of months. I thought it was a really good ending. I mean, uh, Aiden says you feel makes you feel like they were enemies all along. I don't think it does. There were times when they were friends. But I mean, yeah. that, that had gone a long time before the end yeah. of the season, the two of them. I think what was good is that it was brave enough not to have this big reconciliation between no. them. No, they had their moment, that, that look between the two of them. Mm. Um, but oh, it's a shame it didn't satisfy you, Aidan. I wonder what you thought of the Sopranos finale, if you saw that. Right, our time for spoilers is up. Yes. No more spoilers now, because we've had 10 minutes worth of spoilers, and we promised people that they could come back in after 10 minutes. I feel like <clears> Luke <throat> is going to spoil something from Buffy any minute again. No, I'm done. Okay. I've, I've, I've said all there is to say. We'll see. All right. For now. Um, okay, so Paul Hope is asking about age. So, is Stuart the oldest man at IGN? Is he the oldest man in the world? All kidding aside, I've always considered gaming to be something for spring chickens as opposed to granddads. How old is the oldest gamer you know? Why would you consider gaming to be something for young people? Oh, Stu's getting annoyed now. No, 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 no. no, no, no. I'm, I'm curious because you wouldn't, you wouldn't say, well, I'm only going to go to the cinema if I'm under 40 or I'm only going to listen to music if I'm under 40. It's because of the way society has treated it. And I think also a lot of... Nice. But I think because when it started, it was all these, you know, newfangled thing for kids. But what a lot of people don't realise is they've now grown up with games. Yeah. Well, this is it. It's such a young mm. uh, form of entertainment, isn't it? That yeah. we're still learning about who's going to play it. And Absolutely. And yeah. I think the way it also what? sometimes appears to pitch the lowest common denominator, like, you know, COD and what have you. Yeah. I, you know, I've always... Uh, there, there have always been things, entertainment things in my life. What, Two things that happened. When I was six, my parents bought me a little tiny plastic film projector, mm-hmm. which took standard eight films, about 50-foot reels, which lasted about two minutes. And so you'd have things like Tweety Pie and Top Cat and stuff like that. Mm. And I spent many a happy day just kind of threading these films through this little crappy plastic projector, which was powered by a torch battery. It goes to show how primitive this thing was. Mm. And then when I was 11, so a few years later, I got a ZX81. I badgered my parents because I wanted a computer because I'd, I'd heard about these amazing computers. Mm. And they got me a ZX81, which was you know, this tiny, tiny black box. didn't have a real keyboard. It had this kind of uh, like a flat uh, cardboard surface with, with, uh, where, with a printout of where the keys would be. And you just had to touch the surface and it would work like that. Mm. Uh, and that was fascinating. It came with this, this huge spiral-bound book full of programs and stuff for you to type in and, uh, and stuff like that. So... I guess that's where I started from. Uh, mm. 11 years old with the ZX81 and then going on to get getting a, an Acorn Electron and playing Chucky Egg and things like that and a Spectrum and playing games on the Spectrum and then getting a, a Mega Drive. So, you know, gaming has always been, always been part of my life ever since I was a, a young child, ever since I was, mm. you know, before I was a teenager. I would say I'm not as much of a gamer now as I have been in the past, but that's just because as you get older, there are less... There are more things to do, and there are less time. There's less time to do it. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I feel the same. I don't play games as much as I used to. Right. Just, I don't really have the time. But maybe when you're an old person, you've got nothing else to do. I'm 25 this year. That's apart, pretty old. Okay, apart you are from, knocking on. Yeah, apart from pee your pants in the nursing home you stay in, yeah. maybe you'll go back to playing more games. Why not? If it keeps your brain sharp, then mm. why not? I know a few years back there were a lot of reports on the news about how. Uh, Nintendo Wii's were being used in a lot of nursing homes mm. because it, you know it was helping people get up and do a bit of exercise yeah. and keeping yeah, their brain sharp. Yeah, so maybe that is the future. Who knows? But yeah. uh, but thanks. No, you can be any age and play play a video game. If there is anybody listening to the podcast that is older than me at the tender age of forty four, mm. I would like them to write in and I would like them to tell us when and where they started. I swear we've had someone before who's written in who was like sixty or something who's like they play a game and also there's obviously Gamer Gran and things like that. Yep. But yeah. Okay. Last bit of feedback this week. Uh, And this is from Rob Porter. Just letting you know you're a bunch of bitches. (laughs) I watched Frozen at the weekend, mainly based on insert name of the IGN guys who kept saying it's one of the best Disney movies ever recommendations. It was quite possibly the girliest Disney stroke Pixar movie I've ever seen and clearly written for 12-year-old girls. I would say next time keep your opinions to yourself, but that kind of defies the point of your podcast. So, um, yeah... I'm not quite sure how to end this now. Cheers, Rob. Well, that's fine apart from calling us bitches. Yeah. I think that's a bit harsh. Bit but harsh. having said that, the entire email is written in Comic Sans. My, so my point exactly, Luke Kamali. Not really going to take it that seriously. Therefore, Rob Porter, your email we is... We may be bitches, but we don't write void. things in Comic Sans. I thought, yeah. 
I thought Frozen was a bit girly. Nothing I, wrong I, with I don't think that's a derogatory term, but no, it was a bit. The songs were a bit too Broadway, Broadway tunish for me. It reminded me a lot of Wicked. Wicked, yes. vague. I very yeah. much like Wicked. Though. Yeah, and I wasn't a huge fan of Wicked. There you go. But I've got female friends who loved it. Yeah. Um, I like bits of Frozen, but I didn't like it as much as my colleagues. But okay. I've never had a chance to say that. There you go. Um, I haven't seen it yet. I think I I'm planning to watch it this weekend. The Frozen Backlash starts here. No, yeah. but it is now, I believe, the biggest animated film of all time. Absolutely. It is, yeah. I think it's so, the sixth most successful film of all time so now. Our opinion doesn't really, well, mine doesn't really matter. And also, Let It Go remains in the iTunes top 10. Is it, that That's is a tune. That's that a tune. tune. That was the only song I really liked. Mm. Well, you didn't like Love is an Open Door? Not really. I do that with Polly all the time. And really? Want, yeah, she loves it. Do you want to build a snowman? Not really. <laughs> that's that's Creeper's favourite. Is it? Yeah, that's his favourite bit. I need to watch this so I can have an opinion. You do, you do. Yeah. That's it. Uh, keep your emails coming in, please, because we do like to hear from you. Mm. IGN underscore UK feedback and IGN.com is the email address. I'm guessing we're going to get a lot of emails from people saying that Lost annoyed them, the ending of Lost. Yes. I don't know what, yeah, seems yeah, like an I, obvious I, one. Yeah. I just wanted to put that in before yeah, we, tell we, yeah. we didn't say Lost. That yeah. is, that's a good point, actually. Do, remember, do let us know if you th- which TV shows you feel petered out or the ending of which annoyed you. Yeah, I think that would be a good talking point. Yeah, good yeah. idea. We better look at what is coming out this week in the films and the movies. Films and the games? Films and the movies and the games. Good. I am old. Do you want to do, you want to do movies? Or? I can do movies, right. as I am the movie editor. Do it. And I would say two films are out this week that people might or might not want to see. Uh, one of them's called The Other Woman, and I haven't seen it. Oh. And we haven't got a review on the site for it yet. Good. Oh. Uh, but I guess, been, I guess, uh, well, we, we were handling out the States. I'm sure they've seen it. Maybe they've just not got around to reviewing it yet. There's probably one up this week. Uh, Cameron Diaz, Leslie Mann and Kate Upton, who's this very famous supermodel. And I'm not really sure when this happened, but she's very famous now, apparently. Mm. I think our, our colleagues at Ask Men seem to do stuff on her. She's pretty in a very kind of blonde way. Mm-hmm. A bit like Cameron Diaz and Leslie Mann, actually. I right. feel she. there was rumours that she was the GTA 5 girl. Oh, is that right? Or did she sue? No, I don't think she sued. That was, someone, that was Lindsay Lohan. Lindsay Lohan and someone else sued. But I feel right. that she was... That it's never been officially confirmed who was the model, but I think it was very clearly her. Okay. Right. Um, it, it, you know what? I've seen the trailers and we've done some interviews on the site. It looked a bit like the first Wives Club, but for younger, hotter women. <laughs> But I, I think Leslie Mann is a woman who's married and finds out that her husband's having an affair with Cameron Diaz yeah. and it sends her a bit crazy and she goes and tracks the woman down. Uh-huh. And then Cameron Diaz doesn't know that the boyfriend was married, I don't think, and then finds out that he's also having an affair with Kate Upton, who's younger and better looking than she is. And so it's like they're all having the same thing happen to them and it's about the three of them getting their revenge Where does he on find the husband. The time? I know. It sounds very generic. Clearly does have a job. Uh, yeah, I've watched. Or he the, has one of those Hollywood jobs. Yeah, you know where you no, don't actually really have to do anything. No, it was a movie where it felt like the jokes were in the trailer. It really uh, okay. did to me, um, and they weren't even that good. Lots of physical comedy from Cameron Diaz. Oh, she's quite good at that. Yeah. Uh, the other movie out this week is Transcendence. Ooh. Or the Lawnmower Man, as I like to call it. If you've watched any of the trailers, zing. Yeah. Um, and I haven't seen it. Uh, they, they were being a bit funny about screening it for critics over here. We saw it in the states. Gave it a six point three said that it aims high, but the story fails to fulfil the promise of the premise. It's, it's Johnny Depp becoming a computer, basically, isn't it? Yeah. It's him, like, going into a mach- becoming a machine, going to computer, taking over the world. It's like Tron Lawnmower Man. Can't be bothered. Isn't this Johnny Depp's fourth <coughs> flop in a row, I'm led to believe? Is that right? Yeah, apparently ah, so. Blooming heck. That's not good, is it? Better get out, crack on with Pirates 5. He made... About 15 good films in a row and then has made 15 pretty cruddy films in a row for yeah. me. Or I might be getting the numbers wrong, but I feel like there was a turning point and there's not been a lot of good stuff. Where do you think there was? Was it like uh, Alice in Wonderland wasn't brilliant? I didn't quite... I, I think didn't... It, was, it was after the first Pirates. Charlie and the Chocolate Virtue. I still like that version of the film. Really? What? Yeah, I really but, do. But I just like to see him going back and acting rather than playing larger than life characters. Yes, back, yeah. back, I mean, it's it's Edward was larger than life, but like back when he was doing Gilbert Grape and Dead Man and all these really interesting films. And, and you know, he's at an age now where he should be doing that kind of thing. I think he's what fifty. Yeah, 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 and I think yeah. it, to, I'd like to see him take off the wigs and the makeup and the, all the stupidness, and, and like you say, do something a bit more interesting <clears> as an <throat> actor. Maybe it will happen, we don't know. So, uh, yeah, on, well, how about the games, Luke? Quite quiet on games this week. Um, so Octodad has finally arrived on PS4. Right, okay. So that's been out on PC for a while, but it's um, it came out, I believe, on Tuesday. Is it worth playing? Um, 
it's quite nice. I mean, uh, everyone was kind of taken aback by the novelty of it when it first was demonstrated. And I think it's fine. It's a fine kind of um, puzzle-ish game. But, you know, if you've got something else to play, maybe it's worth hanging on for next next month when Watch Dogs is arriving. Um, Trials Fusion is now available on PC. So that's kind of yep. been on the other consoles for a while. I'm itching to play a bit more tri- Trials Fusion. Yeah, well, that's our lunch sorted. And yeah. then the, the last one that is new is a game called Demon's Gaze, which is for... Vita, and that is, is that about homosexual demons. I made that joke earlier. Did you? Yeah, really uh-huh. good. Um, so <laughs> anyway, um, it's it's got a seven point six from us, I believe, and we said that it's it's very much made in a budget, and you can tell there's a bit that there's some bits that are quite clunky, but it's weirdly addictive and quite Moorish. So you know, if you're looking for something to play on the move on your Vita, you could do a lot worse. All right. That's it from this week's podcast, I believe. We have nothing else to talk about. No, we're done. Now, from Chris Tilley, from Luke Kamali, from myself, Suri, thank you for listening. Uh, we'll see you back here next week then, yeah? Yeah, indeed. Right. Farewell. Well, see you. Bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.